Welcome to our message for Christ the King Sunday, or Reign of Christ Sunday. We're so glad that you're joining us. Our text for today is Luke 23, verses 33 through 43. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, today we recognize that you are a different kind of king, and you've called us to be a part of a different kind of kingdom. Lord, help us to hear your call and faithfully respond to it, that we might serve with you, that we might reign with you by serving. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Today is Christ the King Sunday. So why are we talking about the cross? Kings belong on thrones, not crosses. But what do we know? Well, not much. We don't know much at all if we carefully follow what our text is saying. Jesus' first words to his father uh, from the cross are these. Father, forgive them. Now that's the part we remember, the part we like. It lets us off the hook. Yes, Father, forgive us. When we think about all that we've done, all the ways that we have messed up, then it's encouraging to hear Jesus praying, Father, forgive them. Yes, set us free. But Jesus goes on, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, that's a little insulting, especially to us nerds. We claim to know what we're doing. It's important to us. Many of, us in the, many of us in the room have degrees telling the world that we know what we're doing. We've studied long hours to claim some level of expertise. We think we know what's best. Uh, just look how we make our decisions as a church. You hear questions in meetings all the times like these. What does everyone think we should do next year? When does everyone think we should offer worship? Who should we elect for this person for next year? Let's take a vote. We'll get everyone's opinion and then we'll know. But does Christ have a vote in his church? We follow a democratic system where all of us members have a vote, thinking that if we come to a decision, it must be a right one. But have we really consulted Christ? Does Christ have a vote? We must really think we have all the answers. And so Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. There were lots of people gathered around the cross that thought they knew the answer. Plenty of people thought they knew how the Son of God should behave. They were all experts about the Messiah. 
religious leaders spoke up. He saved others, let him save himself. They were certain that God in the flesh would come, would not be crucified, but would save himself. The soldiers chimed in, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Again, the civil authorities understood that a Messiah, a God in the flesh, would would show power and would save himself from this certain death. Even one of the criminals chimed in, save yourself and us. You know, if you're the Messiah, then you must have the ability and the desire to get down off the cross. And while you're at it, take us with you. Everybody thought they knew how the Son of God should behave. Everyone was the expert on the Messiah. Show your power. Escape. Everybody thought they knew, but everybody was wrong. Throughout history, we've hurt people worse when we were sure we were right. Our confidence marks the greatest tragedies of the church. It's what Peter Enns calls the sin of certainty. But they were so wrong. We are so wrong so often. If Jesus did escape, he would have deserted us. If he had gotten down off the cross, he would have, uh, he would have spoiled the mission to set us free. He would have left us in our fallen state separated from God. Make sure you get that. If Jesus did things our way, it would lead to our destruction. If he leaves the cross, we miss eternal life he came to give. We really don't know what we're doing. I've got a picture hanging in my office of the uh, of the galaxy. It reminds me of how much we don't know. I, I do believe that God created all of that. That God created the uh, the light years uh, wide universe around us. The Earth is far more than I can comprehend. As I travel around the planet, I'm amazed at the size and the complexity of our little planet. And so I can't begin to comprehend all of the planet we live on. But our planet is buried so far in the mass of stars in our galaxy that we can't even find it. It's just lost in in the mass of all that God has created. God created that. God spoke that into existence. And anybody who says they understand that God has either deceived themselves or they're just lying. If you think you figured out a God who can do that, then you've just deceived yourself or you're just lying. We don't know what we're doing. We try. Maybe we offer our best, but we don't know. So what do we do? We look at the other criminal on the cross. He spoke what he did know. I'm hanging on this cross because of what I've done and I deserve it. He confessed. What genuine honesty. And he asked Jesus to remember him. Lord, just remember me. I've done wrong, but if you would remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, this guy drives church folks nuts. His uh, his theology is all wrong. He's been violent. It's probably, the word criminal is probably better translated as terrorist. So he's hurt people. He's shown no respect for God or other people. He didn't ask Jesus into his heart and he wasn't baptized. He just asked to be remembered. And Jesus promises today, right now even, you will be with me in paradise. It's not fair. We don't like it. 
he he gets let off the hook in the eleventh hour. I have heard more church people complain about him than about Judas Iscariot, the guy that betrayed Jesus. Church people are incensed. We are irate about this guy on the cross that gets a last-minute reprieve. But he ought to be our hero, not the villain. He should be our hero. He didn't know what he was doing, and Christ welcomed him. And let's be honest today. In spite of all of our efforts, in spite of all of our study, in spite of all of our training, we don't know what we're doing. We don't have it all figured out. We don't understand perfectly. Now we see in a glass dimly, and Christ welcomes us. I love this thief on the cross because that's me, the guy who hadn't got it figured out that God loves and welcomes anyway. So back to this king on a cross thing. Greatness is not found on thrones of power, influence, or affluence. Greatness does not come from championships and trophies. The greatest to ever live traded his power for a cross so that he could set us free. The greatest to ever live took a towel and washed the disciples' feet. We don't know as much as we think we know, but I know this much. Christ calls us to love and serve God, and to love and serve others. That's what he demonstrated at the Passover as he knelt and washed his disciples' feet. May we be so humbled by who our God is that we would serve each other in the same way. Father, forgive us for our arrogance. Teach us to love and to serve. Amen.